All right, this is the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. Ed Carbohall, as always, here with Matthew Hawkins. Uh, this week, we I ha- before we get started and look back at the big boxing event from the weekend, for our audio listeners, I have an interview that I did with Bobby Nash of XFC. Um, he picked up a victory in the welterweight tournament at, at XFC 43. He, sh- he will be on the XFC 44 card in February. So I interviewed him for MMANews.com. And make sure you uh, stick around in the audio portion of this so you can listen to that interview. This podcast is brought to you by AllAccessMMA.com. Make sure you check out All Access MMA for your fight news and shit. Our podcast. (laughs) 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 What's up, man? How was your Thanksgiving, bro? Uh, Pretty quiet. Uh, Slow Thanksgiving. Uh, Just got together with a couple family members. Um, But, you know, I'm okay with that. I don't don't need anything crazy. Uh, Ended up going to the Burt Kreischer drive-in comedy show, which got rescheduled till Sunday night. So that was kind of cool just to kind of get uh, out and see an outdoor uh, show. Made me wonder why people haven't been smart enough to been doing this for the last seven months. Um, you know, <laughs> any 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 mid-tier music, musical act that's playing in an Indian reservation across this country could have easily set up a stage in a parking lot and had people pull in and been making money. But, well, uh, I mean, I know even Dave Chappelle's been doing it. I know Bill Burr's been doing it. So like the comedian, you know, I, I listen to the uh-huh. comedians podcasts and um, I know they've been doing it too. So. I mean, that's pretty cool that you got to do that, though. I mean, I, I don't uh, – you have the weather for it. It was cold. <laughs> it was cold for me. It was like it was like high 40s, and we were, I was sitting outside going, man, this is cold. But, yeah, and, I, and the comedians have done it. It just made yeah. me wonder why we haven't seen – the. Um, there's a company out here that runs MMA events uh, out, of, out of Orange County out here, and they did a Lucha Libre wrestling event drive-in uh, about a month ago. Oh, wow. um, the promoter just wanted to try to see how it would work. So um, he was pretty, you know, I guess he was pretty, fairly impressed by it and they got a pretty good reaction, but uh, hmm. it could be something we start seeing here in the next couple months. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if people do that, just kind of start revving up again for the idea of having fans at events. Yeah. Um, just made me wonder why we haven't seen it more. The comedians have done it uh, fairly well, but um, these mid to lower tier musicians and stuff, I feel like they kind of dropped the ball. Not, uh, not just doing a drive-in, setting up a stage and having people sit in their cars and tune into a radio station to listen to them play live or, or you know, or just hear it in the in the, the place. I didn't even have to use the radio. Uh, the yeah, and I, I would imagine it's cheaper to do, too. I mean, I mean, it's, it's a great segue into what we're going to get into, obviously. I mean, they used the Staples Center, which didn't look like they needed a lot of space for the uh, the mm-hmm. Tyson Jones things uh, on uh, the pay-per-view over the weekend that uh, that we talked about with the folks from the Last Round podcast last week. So uh, I mean, I, I, if I if if I'm honest about that event, man, I, I gotta say, I mean, the main event anyway, Tyson versus Jones. I was actually impressed with what I saw, and uh, um, I know when I, we had when Mike uh, when that first got announced, Mike Shepard from that podcast, I filled in for you that week, and and uh, I had said to him, I thought that Roy Jones was going to have a cardio and, and uh, mobility advantage. And it looked like the opposite happened at that event, but uh, I don't know, man. What would you what do you think of it? Um, the, I, the fight, the fight. Before we get into the other stuff, the, no, the actual the, uh, the actual match. Well, I'm trying to figure out how to how to say it because you know I've thought about it over the days. Is you know when you when you watch it, you have your first thing is okay, cool. This is Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson. Yeah. Um, 
I feel like, and uh, I've, I've heard some other sports guys say this, so I don't want to feel like I'm stealing their take, but what they said kind of resonated with me a little bit in me. I, it seems to me like, first of all, Roy Jones Jr. didn't take this seriously at all. He came in as bad a shape as I've ever seen Roy Jones Jr. Maybe somebody can pull up a footage of one of his final fights where he came out looking bad, but he was not in shape. He didn't look like a dude who's been training. Tyson, on the other hand, looked like one of the best in shape 53-year-old former fighters I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. You know, he looked, he was just a couple pounds heavier than what he used to fight at. Um, seemed to me like there was probably an agreement between the two of the guys uh, where Tyson just wouldn't hit him in the head. Or, and if he did hit swing at the head, it would just be kind of a wild, you know, get your hands up and block this kind of thing. But it sounds like he probably told Roy, I'm going to work your ribs and I'm going to work your body and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to beat you up to the body. Um, but you don't have to worry about me doing a, you know, body, body uppercut and, putting you to sleep because it was there it was there it was a lot there. of time it was there, yeah. there roy jones wasn't moving roy jones wasn't getting out of the way if if somebody if tyson really wanted to go after him mm-hmm. so with that said as far as an exhibition boxing match goes i was as entertained as i'd ever expect to be mm-hmm. for an exhibition boxing match yeah. um i uh i i think the price was still high i think 50 dollars for that um now I haven't heard really anybody complain about it, so maybe that's there. People are okay with it, but um, you know, I, I it was a, a novelty <laughs> idea. Uh, I don't want to see. I see people calling for Tyson to start having real fights and stuff, and the 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 just bleed in me says, yeah, let's do it. But I just he's you're you're pushing age there. We're not talking about a 44 year old Fedor or a 44 year old Anderson Silva. We're talking about a 53 year old, 54 year old Mike yeah. Tyson. And it didn't end well for him when he was 15 years younger. So yeah. I just, you know, he didn't get faster. Is he still fast? Absolutely. But he's not yeah. faster than what he was 17 years ago. When no. He was being floored. And, and that, that was kind of like, I mean, you know, Dana White commented on it after his event Saturday, which I know we're going to get into too, but he uh um he actually was impressed with it like we were, but he said the same thing. You know, time is undefeated, and and I mean, I know Tyson. One thing I was impressed with because I watched the post fight uh press conference for that, and um one of the things he said was he didn't even care about like scoring points or 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 even getting a knockout because for him, I mean, obviously on top of the humanitarian thing and getting the the charity stuff going, he was uh. His goal was to actually go the distance because he knows from his past that he was not a, you know, he wasn't a 12 round guy. He was known for his early knockouts and stuff. So for him, he was like the victory was was to go, you know, the eight rounds and, and feel fresh, which he obviously didn't one one of that. I mean, I thought he won. A lot of people thought he won overall. Um, and um, I'm glad that you picked up on it, too. I mean, it was it was insinuated. Uh, in the post-fight press conference, and he was like, maybe next time I'll, I'll go for the finish. But, I mean, the, the focus for him was to actually do eight rounds and feel good at the end of the eight rounds. And um, I thought uh, there was a lot of times, especially I think it was at the end of round two, if I'm remembering correctly, where he was walking into Jones and he slipped, slipped, slipped three jabs. Mm-hmm. And usually back in the day, if you saw that, it's because he got close enough to do – Body shot, uppercut right up the yeah, middle. Yeah, body, body up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and exactly. he, uh, so he went in there, did the body, and then he just kind of like stood up. Mm-hmm. And then I, so I noticed it. I'm glad you noticed it too. And a lot, it seems like we weren't the only ones based on the questions from the press conference, but I was just kind of like, man, you know, I mean, the, I mean, the, again, the, it's an exhibition. So obviously there was an agreement that they wouldn't 
do go too crazy with each other. I mean, with the whole stipulation with the cuts trying to stop. And we talked about it last week too, with, with uh, Danny and, and Mike, but um, you know, the, uh, there was a, a small headbutt at one point that I was like, Oh my God, if this, if this is a cut on Roy Jones and, 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 you know, but, but even still, I mean, if you watched the, did you, I mean, I don't, I don't know how long you watch after it was over, but Roy Jones was visibly holding his like midsection. And, uh, and then afterward in the post fight press conference, he was breathing heavy still, and and so they asked him, and he was just like, "My body hurts right now." Like, absolutely. I mean, yeah. he, he, you know, he's still fifty-one, and he just—I mean, he was taking Tyson was digging those body shots. Yeah, that was legit. He was throwing legit body shots. Uh, now, now maybe he wasn't aiming for the liver. Maybe he wasn't going for like that death blow, you know, left hook. But he was—he was digging the body shots. Roy Jones is definitely going to be sore. I mean, I think he mm. earned his—he earned his money. Um, I was glad Tyson didn't go off script and go for the knockout. I don't think it would have – if I would have known it would have been a real boxing match, it would have been one thing. But if mm-hmm. we would have saw Tyson go off script and catch him and knock, and, and see to see that Roy Jones knocked out cold, I think that would have been a, a, a sour taste in my mouth as yeah. far as just it, – it went well for what they tried to do. Um, so I think I, w- I would have to say it was a success as far as that goes. Uh, I, I just I – ho- I hope that if they want to do this – which Tyson can pull off. I mean, he's obviously got the, the name brand. Yeah. If he wants to do this with the Holy Fields and some of these other guys, um, and, and and then continue to promote. To, I, I'm okay with the freak show undercards. Um, I just think I need a little bit more to it. You know, this didn't yeah. have that. You know, everybody's talking about the the Jake Paul putting uh, Nate Robinson to sleep, and that was. I don't know if you remember it, but. Um, when Brock Lesnar made his MMA debut that he fought in the, the Coliseum up in LA and on the undercard for that was Johnny Morton. I know you're not a huge sports fan outside of MMA, but Johnny Morton was a, a football player at USC and he was a, uh, he played for the lions, had a pretty good career in the NFL. Well, he decided to make his MMA debut on that undercard uh, of the Lesnar fight and the soccer Rob bout. And they put him against a guy named uh, his last name. I might pronounce wrong, but it's like Bernard Aka. And at the time he was fighting, I think he even fought Hoist, but he was basically a comedian and he was kind of just a martial arts enthusiast in Japan, as far as I understand it. But he was a trained, he trained MMA. He Mm -hmm. legitimately took it seriously and and he had some competitions. Um, Well, he fought Johnny Morton and he did basically the exact same thing. He put Morton out cold, face first on the mat, kind of in front of all of his friends and family. And it just reminded me exactly of that, where you get a guy who's a professional athlete and he just feels like I imagine you feel a form of invincibility, but I'm trying to figure out how being a short basketball player who could jump out of the gym and was quick. That doesn't translate at all to boxing. This you know is, I mean, there's, yeah, there's I, no, no there's crossover. A re- there's a reason why we kind of just went past that when we had uh, the guys from last round on and, and uh, you know, I mean, I, I honestly, anyone that starts winning in anything is going to get addicted to it. So that's that's obviously Jake Paul is now two and zero, and you know on paper two and zero as a professional you know uh, pugilist, but uh, it's it's definitely yeah you know for all the I mean he and he knocked out there's the memes of, of this poor guy you know knocked out for, for face down now all over the internet and um it's one of those things where it's like okay he he picked up another win on record but but everyone's looking at the win. It's a it's a case of everybody just riding the wave of, of of you know the trend because 
no one's looking at what you just said. The fact that this is a guy that played basketball. Yeah, there was no now. Jake Paul. I mean, I, I first of all, Nate Robinson. Hats off, dude. Maybe it wasn't smart. Probably wasn't smart, but hats off for willing to step into the ring. As somebody who follows this sport and has never stepped into the ring myself, I can mm. never. I'll never talk shit. The dude's got balls the size of a friggin' dump truck for wanting to step in there, even with a guy like Jake Paul. Now, Jake Paul, on the other hand, I don't know anything about him other than what we've seen this fight. And then I don't even remember who he fought in his last fight. Some dude, I, I think I thought it was his I know, brother. I know KSI was somebody that he fought. I think KSI fought his brother, though. And then he fought somebody else again. Like as far as I'm concerned, they're one and the same. But if the dudes are training and they understand the game of boxing, they yeah. understand that you can't just go out there and flail and run at somebody. You you know, so respect to them. Again, no disrespect. Dudes fighting, knocked a dude out on 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 the undercard of a Mike Tyson exhibition card. Yeah. You know, so if he wants to continue doing it, that's great. Eventually, he's going to run into somebody who's going to knock his block off. Yeah. But I mean, there is, there's, especially when it comes to boxing. I mean, I know we talk a lot about the definition of fighting and how it's evolved over the years in MMA versus other styles and what have you. But so the, the thing about bo- the reason boxing is a sweet science is because somebody gets that skilled under that limited rule set with their hands. And we saw what happened with someone that's even, that's, uh, that fights MMA and kickboxing when Mayweather did his exhibition with tension mm-hmm. and made, made him, I mean, embarrassed the poor, poor kid in his own country. So <laughs> yeah, you uh, you can't yeah, really play yeah. boxing. Like like we, if you we, yeah, they said that actually during the broadcast. Yeah, yeah. You know you know, it's, you know it's funny the uh, the um they said that during the broadcast, but I mean uh, like you said if, if as soon as he gets uh, the now there's because he called out both Dylan Dennis and Conor McGregor, which on paper the fight could be made because Conor McGregor is zero and one as a professional boxer, and and Jake Paul's two and zero. So on paper I, I could see a commission approving it. Um. I doubt it ever happens, but Daniel Cormier said to yesterday, excuse me, he was like Conor McGregor beats uh, Jake Paul, and we'll probably, you know, there's there's going to be that measuring stick where he fights someone that's actually got some years as as a, as a combat sports athlete, not someone that's just getting into it and picking up wins because they're fighting people as good as he is. You know what I mean? That's like me fighting another forty, some mid forty year old. Somebody in, in in you know long pants kickboxing that I trained in uh-huh. and and picking up a win and me you know it's going to inflate your ego. I mean like it is a, a, a you know that adrenaline and all that. It's a dig. You could see it in his eyes when he wins. I mean he's he's, he's he, that's why he's calling out the entire combat sports sphere. But he's smart too. He knows he's going to make loot. I mean we only know how much money. We don't even have any idea how much money is. You know I wouldn't bet. I wouldn't think that he probably didn't make much less than Tyson. If you're asking me if he between yeah. his YouTube sponsors, you know all that, you know, you know, however they make all that money when you have enough views to uh to get all that money coming through, but he, he you know, again, if he takes it seriously good for him. I I I'd, I'd, if I was his situation, I'd call out McGregor too. I mean, if he fights yeah. McGregor, he's probably looking so, at in, uh, upwards of $25, $30 million, just guaranteed money. So yes. so they said he I, – I, I forget if it was followers or views, per, but uh, $45 million was a number that came out for him as far as like his uh, so, you know, his following and stuff like that. And then uh, I was actually looking at the pay-per-view buys when we were uh, – just before we started going live here, and it, it looks like the estimates are around $1.2 million and $1.5 million for this event and i'm just like holy cow you know like that's actually not bad for for uh 
if that's if that's anywhere near true, if if it's even if it's even a third of that number, Mike mm-hmm. Tyson should do one of these every month. Yeah, well, yeah, it's <laughs> funny because he said he'd like to do something like this every other month as long as long as it's the same thing for you know charity and uh-huh. uh, exhibition. I mean, it looks like it looks like Evander Holyfield's interested in doing a rematch with him under the under this type of setting. And uh, I guess we should get into because uh, we talk since we're talking about Jake Paul and 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 his victory. Um, the uh, if Triller is going to get in bed with them again to present the event. We, we, you, you have to, I guess, get used to seeing numerous musical performances between. Jesus Bows- Christ! <laughs> I don't, I, I'm so old. I, I, I'm glad I'm old because if I was yeah. young and had to listen to that garbage, I'd gouge, I'd poke my eardrums listen, out. You know, listen, I like I liked that album <laughs> that Snoop Dogg put out where the songs he performed. But I don't want to see it in when I'm oh, waiting for a fight. Snoop, Snoop Dogg was the the top shelf. I don't even know who these other Lupe Fiasco and I don't, I don't even know if that was their names, you know. But you know th- that shit is just like good God. Yeah, At least so, Snoop has a little nostalgia, and you know what you're and, getting out of the guy. So I tried to take it with a grain of salt and say, okay, you know, it's it's Triller is a presenter here, and their their whole thing is music and this. You know, the, the, it's an app that's like TikTok, which is also music-based. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, it used to be called Musical.ly before they changed it to TikTok. So I'm like, I was trying to take it with a grain of salt, but by, by the time, you know, because uh, I, 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 st- I tuned in around the, uh, the um, uh, Badu Jack and uh, mm-hmm. the dude from around your, your area. I forget his, his name. That's the, Yeah, that, in, that ma- in that match. And then... When that was over, and some guy just walked out and started singing and stuff, I was like, "What the hell is this?" And then I and then I was like, "Okay, it's Triller. Let me let me." But then he did more than one song, and I was like, "Yo, I'm like, not, yo, yeah. you know, I'm on the East Coast here. Let's let's get this going." <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I uh, I, <laughs> I mean, we got another Snoop Snoop cast though. I thought we were done with that after the Contender series, but uh, it seemed like the boxing people ate it up. I find it hilarious. Mm. I don't take we we both don't take this shit too seriously, you know. Yeah. And if and if I can get a couple laughs out of it, and you know, then I, I mean, I I think it's ridiculous as hell. Yeah. But at the same time. We're watching a 54-year-old and a 51-year-old <laughs> exhibition. Yeah. I'm watching a, a midget basketball player basically box a YouTube star. Um, you know, the Badu Jack uh, McKernan fight was actually the best fight of the yeah, night. Yeah, uh, yeah. You yeah. know, uh, McKernan stood there and, and he lost a, a decision pretty one-sided, but he, uh, but he definitely showed uh, showed heart. And, there and, was uh, there was like rocky moments that a lot Amoro and and Israel Adesanya uh-huh. were on comms for that. Um, they, they, it was, like you said, it was entertaining to see, uh, I, I think Adesanya was the one that quoted, uh, he said, God loves a trier because, uh, because of the way, uh, uh, uh Mercanson was, was trying to win that. So the, uh, the biggest letdown for me of the whole night was that I wasn't smart enough to bet on a draw. You had to know that that was happening. I could even see it unfolding with the cards because they were showing the cards round by round from their quote unquote celebrity judges. And you had one judge who was heavily biased towards Tyson. You had one judge that was leaning towards Roy Jones and leaving it open where they were like creeping towards giving him an even round. And then you had one guy who was even across the board. And I was sitting there going, as soon as it ended, I go, 
that was that was free money. I you mean, the odds yeah, on a draw yeah. were probably huge. You probably got ten to one odds on a draw. And, yeah, you and know, I'm thinking you know like, too. Um, I mean, I I usually use FanDuel, and they let you they let you do live betting. This well, uh, I, I could have done that, but I was I was uh, using my phone to cast it on my screen, so I didn't think to go on to to anything else when I was watching the uh, matches, but. But yeah. as it unfolded, I could see it. I could see the cards like all of a sudden tightening up, and one's going one. You know, and you're going. This doesn't make any sense. There's no way one judge has it like six rounds to none for Tyson. The other one's got six rounds to none for Roy, and then the other one just happens to be completely even. Like I go, this is just. It's just. It was funny how that unfolded. And I saw. I th- and then when it ended, I go, duh. I go. We should have known that if this yeah. ended, they weren't going to declare a winner. They were going to. Yeah. They were going. It was going to be a draw, no matter what happens. In fact, I would be willing to say that the judges were even fixed on how they were scoring it to make wasn't sure. That, that, wasn't that one of the things of it being an exhibition? Like, there's not going to be an official winner. There's not supposed yeah. to be an official winner with the California State Athletic Commission, mm-hmm. but they still took bets on it. And yeah, I think I think common sense in hindsight, obviously, would have been, hey, if this goes to a decision, it's just going to be a draw. They're not going to disrespect either one of the guys by going, "Hey, you won four rounds to, you know, five rounds to three. You yeah. know, they were. It was going to be a, you know, it was an eight round fight where it was, it was set up beautifully for that. But it, a lot of people, Vegas made out. I think ninety percent of the betters <laughs> still had it had, yeah. had it one way or another. So, yeah. so the gambling sites uh, got rich. But you know, it was it was interesting. Um, I certainly wouldn't want to pay for it every other month, but. Uh, if you can put together a decent <laughs> undercard and maybe you can work together. I mean, there's gotta be, if, if they really did that pay-per-view sales, then why isn't Terrence Crawford on these, on this, you know, mm-hmm. you got Bob Arum complaining that he can't make money off Terrence Crawford. Yeah. Why, why isn't he the co-main event on a $1.8 million pay-per-view? You, you know, what's funny that you, you mentioned that is one of the things that, that Tyson uh, addressed in the post-fight press conference was that the beauty of the event and why everybody was kind of like pleased with like competitors and, others involved was the he said there was no boxing promoters involved so like it was all people that just wanted to do something together mm-hmm. and um i mean this is the thing so so my concern is and i said this last week is the fact that triller's name was all over it and and you know but this is the a legends only league thing but i mean uh, tyson must he said because he's the one that apparently made that decision we found out too afterwards that he was the one that said you know triller why don't you take lead on this and um, I mean, hey, listen, like you said, we're old, so so maybe, <laughs> hey, you know, yeah. But anyway, but it was a success. If those pay per view numbers, which I don't believe, right off the bat, <laughs> I don't believe that for one second. But like I said, even if it's a third or a quarter of those numbers, if you would have told me there was two hundred fifty thousand pay per view buys, I would have told you it was a huge success. Yeah, because you know these undercard guys aren't making much money. Jake Paul, I'm sure, probably gets a lot of his money uh, from other routes, like we we discussed. Um, and and I'm sure they gave the the Marine dude who fought Badu Jack. He, I imagine he made five thousand bucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, this is maybe ten thousand. I mean, it's not a lot of money. So it'd be interesting to see what they do. Um, but that was the boxing. I, I know there's a bunch of other stuff that we talked about with the last round guys last week. So if anybody wants to get caught up on kind of what's upcoming in boxing, definitely check out last week's show. Um, we had a UFC event last week and what's becoming a trend. We had another of main event canceled for COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe I saw online the Grabaka Hitman Kaposa uh, posted that the final six UFC events of the year, the main event has been changed due to COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so that's not a good not a good streak. This one we lost Blades versus Lewis, um, a fight honestly I wasn't that excited about, but it was a heavyweight fight that was supposed to headline the card. So yeah, I was uh, I was kind of happy with what we got though because I I'm a fan of uh, uh, Lionheart, um, and you know he picked up that win. But um, I uh, I'm not gonna lie, because of the losing streak he had before that, I was kind of I kind of thought he might have uh, he might have fought himself out, but. Uh, you know, with the whole thing with the teeth coming out and everything else that happened to him, but then uh, to see, so to see him to see him get the win and and show us his his uh, black belt level subs sub uh, reactions. I mean, he did some nice moves. He did a, a back take and you know, tried to move into a twister, applied a lockdown from the back, which I never even think of doing. Which I, I, I want to start doing now because I saw him do it. I thought it was a really nice move to get someone stuck. Um, Clark spun out of it though, which is which was which was like that wrestler, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, that I mean, wrestlers have a a, a, a a crazy ability to feel small holes that they can spin out of, and and he did it to get out of that, which was really cool. Uh, only to spin into a triangle, but you know, it was definitely um definitely a great uh the event was um not you know people were sleeping on this one because of what would happen with all the fights mm-hmm. they lost, but. Um, I'm glad I tuned into it, and I mean, I always say it. We always say it when you sleep on, when people start saying the UFC events are going to be, you know, ass or whatever. Um, they usually wind up being sleepers, and and there's a lot of cool stuff that happens. So. No, I mean, from a fight perspective, there was a lot of good fights. I don't yeah. think there was any fights that really had any meaning, which is always what what gets me. So, but with that said, I mean, it's one of those ones where if you had friends over, well, most people don't have friends over during this time, but <laughs> it, it, you know, if if you did or whatever, you, it was a fight. You were at least entertained. Um, yeah. The Anthony Smith thing, yeah, I mean, coming off a couple tough, tough, brutal losses, um, and I, you know, I love seeing the bigger guys pull off submissions like that. The, when you when I you know when I get a light heavyweight or a heavyweight who does a submission a triangle choke, um, I I find that cool. You know, it seems like that's usually the smaller guys who are who are able to kind of move their bodies around and and are a little more flexible maybe and able to pull that off. Um, and maybe I'm delusional. I just don't feel like there's been a whole lot of light heavyweight triangle chokes um, in the last decade you know what i mean yeah. and there's yeah, been a whole lot of triangle chokes yeah. in general um we, we'd have to look them up but that's definitely uh i mean that's definitely worth noting a bigger you don't get to see subs like that from big usually it's like some sort sort of kimura or choke you know yeah, it's choke. usually a more of a strength kind of submission where somebody yeah. you know we, we'd see it with verdun at heavyweight occasionally obviously it's fedor but that was again what 10 years ago already now 11 years ago now um it, there's just not a whole lot so that was cool to see plus it's just a, it's a, it's the triangle choke to me has always been like this this move that nobody really it's kind of like the mysterious move that we all know now but i would go back to dan severn UFC four where he got choked out with it by Hoist Gracie and nobody knew what the hell happened. Everybody yeah. just assumed everybody <laughs> yeah. assumed that kind of Severn had just given up. So it's always been that kind of miraculous move because if you run into somebody who doesn't know MMA and you go, Bro, I could choke you out with my legs. Yeah. It doesn't. It's not something that you see. You do, you know. You see the movies and stuff now because they you know they kind of in, in, you know put it into these Seagal things where all of a sudden there's a triangle choke or i mean you could go back and see bruce lee doing it like in the 70s but nobody knew exactly kind of what that shit was yeah so. well when mel gibson did it at the end of lethal weapon people thought it was like this amazing move uh-huh. because it was it, it was still unheard of back then that's what exactly so it's kind of one of those moves it's not the it's not the standard rear naked choke it's not a straight arm bar it's not even like an achilles lock or anything it's it's a triangle choke and i i find that i just think that those i think that's one of my favorite finishes and just and watching about- it I mean, just talking about some fancy grappling that happened at that event, 
even though she lost with the body kicks, Rachel Osovich's back take off of a north south <laughs> choke. I mean, I mean, man, that was uh, that's some that that's some some fancy grappling right there. She lost. I mean, but she's fine as hell, so she'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling we uh, we might be seeing Rachel Ostovich and <laughs> and, uh, and Paige Van Zant bare knuckling it up here, <laughs> towing the line sooner. Yeah, than I mean, later. I hope not, but you know, I, hey, 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 if they make the money, I, I and that's what they choose to do, yeah. then, then props. I just she can't really stay in the UFC, right? She's four and six now. Can we? I mean, if we're gonna act like. UFC is is if we're going to continue to pretend, I remember say. who owns them. <laughs> remember who owns them. That's what I, I yeah, say. I get that, but I just I to me she's Bellator. To me she's PFL. Like that where you go build up your name again, and then you can come back. Maybe even XFC. If XFC, especially if they continue doing these tournaments and and stuff like that, you kind of that's how you get back in the good graces. You're four and six. You're trying to get back in the UFC. They're probably telling you you got to win four or five fights in a row. You go win a one night tournament, all of a sudden you made up. You know, you just made up three of them. You know, yeah. so you could kind of do. I think that's maybe the quicker thing. If, if we, if, not that we're doing one night tournaments. But speaking you, of uh, you, getting, I mean, I, I we're getting off track here. I mean, speaking of uh, of uh, getting cut from the UFC, um, did you uh, catch Dana White's uh, comments on Yair Rodriguez after the post fight press conference of that event? I didn't hear what happened. I did hear him say something about he won't be fighting for a very long time, and it has nothing to do with COVID. I think is was what I heard. Did, did, yeah, did I mean, anything else come out? No, it was kind of like it, it's weird because it's what ended the, his portion of the press conference when that when that came up. But he was like, uh, "We haven't announced that yet." And he looked at like his PR people, and he was like, "No, Yair is not fighting anytime soon." And he was like, uh, 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 "Something about that's that's not my business." I mean. The UFC is my business. And I was just like, whoa. So, like, I, I tweeted out, I was joking around and saying, we're expecting Yair Rodriguez cut from the UFC announcement this week. I mean, here we are on Tuesday evening. No. Um, they won't uh, cut him. They won't cut him. It, yeah. it, depending on what it is, they won't cut him because they won't want him to go somewhere else. So, that would lead to me to believe there's a couple things that could it could mm. be. A, he's got some legal issue that hasn't quite hit the news yet. Mm. And maybe we'll find out he was driving a van with 900 pounds of marijuana in it or something like that or <laughs> or or he or he failed a drug test hmm. and they just and with it being in in abu dhabi and maybe if you know i don't know if usada would have tested him maybe that just hasn't come out yet so uh, and maybe they're doing it maybe they're finally doing a little bit of a, a double check before they publicly announce some of these things because we haven't really had any steroid or PED failures, have we? Everything's been COVID. Is it, I mean, if, yeah. if a guy has stands at all or whatever in his system now, is that COVID too? I mean, I don't even know. What, <laughs> we have, we have, I don't, unless I would love Nolan King or something to chime in and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we've had any PED fails um, since COVID started. So that, that that's kind of interesting. I'm sure there probably has been, but I can't remember any. Um, off the top of my head, I feel like there has been, but I, off the top of my head, I mean, it seems just any any COVID obviously in our faces twenty four seven. We probably just missed it, missed it, and and wrote it wrote it off as COVID. Yeah, but, I mean, speaking of COVID, obviously, we also today found out we lost Leon Edwards uh, versus Chimeyev, uh, which was initially initially scheduled for December nineteenth. They both uh, got it or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, Chimeyev had it recovered. Is this he's okay to fight? And yeah. then it came out the day later that Leon Edwards had it severe severe hit by it yeah 12 pounds he lost 12 pounds fighting it off uh, you know um so it looks like that fight's gonna get rebooked 
which is fine if they are able to do a quick turnaround. You know, we had the same situation this weekend mm-hmm. now where we were supposed to have Hermanson versus, uh, well, Jesus, the whole lineage of what, <laughs> what, what how, how this one broke down. So initially we had Hermanson versus Darren Till. Till got hurt. Then it became Hermanson versus Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland tests positive for COVID. So that fight gets pulled. Now we have Hermanson versus uh, Marvin Vittori. And Holland has been mu- moved two weeks back to the pay-per-view event, uh, the Figueiredo. Uh, Moreno pay-per-view event where he will now face Jacare. So that leaves us this week again with uh, Melvin Vittori, uh, Marvin Vittori, who's been on a big run lately um, and has been calling out for big fights. Um, yeah. He, although Jacare <laughs> might be more of a name, he gets a, I know, I know Hermanson beat Jacare, but just in the, in the MMA world, uh, but now he gets a main event against a top four ranked guy. Um, he really gets what he was asking for. So mm. uh, it'll be interesting to see how this goes. Um, decent card. Um, you know, you, when you got OSPs, usually never doesn't do a whole lot. Uh, this Talia Santos, I, I, uh, he gets another choke. One of his, uh, Von Fluch last Von Fluch chokes. If he pulls yeah. off another one of those, somebody's yeah. to drug test their opponents. <laughs> at some point, some point, the guy let let go of the. the, the You'd be the surprised, man. You'd be surprised how many people, how many people, depending on their experience. I mean, they just if they got a hold of something, you know, they'll let stuff break. I, I've seen, uh, it, I've seen it too many times in the grappling world that it's like, dude, you're gonna break your own arm. At like, let go. Yeah. But anyway. So yeah, so um. You know, uh, John Vellante uh, from your neck of the woods. He continues to uh, he's fight. Where is he? Yeah, against Jake Collier. He's on, a, prelim. Other, he's uh, a, he's on a prelim fight. So I'm just going down the list of some of the names. Fans will record. Louis Smolka's in the opening bout of the night. Um, I mean, really, this is it's the top-heavy card with the main event. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hermanson, who, who is on the brink of becoming the number one contender. He obviously... Uh, had his uh, had his problems with uh, Cannoneer right. a couple of fights be, ago. This is going to be Volante's second heavyweight fight, right? I think so. Oh, Jimmy Flick's on the undercard. He just came. He just won off a contender series in LFA. Yeah, yeah. That's so good. he's so there's there's some guys I I'm not super familiar with. Uh, this maniac. You know, Justin Justin James, <laughs> who who's a, a alumni of the show. He uh, he fights. Oh, that's against. right. He just announced that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, against a tough opponent in, in Benitez. So no, there it's an entertaining night of fights. Um, I think the main event's fine. Uh, obviously Till would have been entertaining because it's it's Darren Till. Uh, but Vittori really has it's kind of put up or shut up for him right now. He uh he's like you say he's been calling everybody in the world out. He's fifteen three and one. Um, on a nice little you know three fight winning streaks over uh Fajeda, Sanchez and uh, Robertson. Um. And again, his really his claim to fame is that he arguably beat Israel Adesanya. Mm. Um, he lost a uh, split decision, oh, but that's uh, right. I always it was a, that. And yeah. you're always the one that reminds me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean that's that's kind of his claim to fame, and it was it was uh, what led me to believe that somebody eventually would take down Adesanya and be able to to out grapple him to a decision. But obviously, that hasn't happened at all since no, uh, since a, that fight. So his youth, his mind is for fighting is just uh, right now. He's uh, he's on top of the world, and and that's kind of why I'm leaning towards him. Um, mm-hmm. You would think Hermanson would be a big favorite, but if Vittori was training for a fight, um, although two weeks later, so his timing and, and his weight cut, you know, obviously he he's got to work that out this week, but. Um, 
I feel like his is kind of his uh, jovial. You know, he feels. I think he feels like he's like you said. He's on top of the world right now, and uh, I think that carries a lot of weight um, in a fight like this. So. I don't necessarily know how it unfolds in a five-round fight, but uh, I'm kind of leaning, leaning towards Vittorian. I've never leaned towards him in any of his other fights. Um, I just feel like he might—he's going to figure out a way to keep this going. Um, yeah, I mean, and- I, 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 my picks have been so bad. I'm save. I'm going to try to save my uh, energy for UFC 256, just because. I mean, for, we 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 could do all this predictions and stuff. And then have three fights fall off. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's the frustrating thing right now. Yeah. Is, is, uh, and, but that's it, it's all it's all goes with the game. If the UFC is going to put an event on every single week, then this is yeah. something that it's, it's just that it's snake biting the main events. You know, it, it'd be one thing if we were losing an early prelim, but to constantly be main event, main event, main event. You know what's funny is uh, uh you know the, the every time uh, John Morgan starts asking about future events, like the with the last post-fight press conference data white was kind of like listen dude i got three more left this year so it was kind of like just just don't ask me anything anymore and it's like he just wants to get to the end of the year and, and hopefully uh you know hopefully 2021 uh you know we're back to somewhat normalcy yeah i mean it doesn't look like we're going to start that way off they've already got some events booked through about march right now uh, i don't know if they've gotten into april but they're, they're starting to fill some cards out so it looks like it's going to be a slow start to the year um obviously yeah, why not? i mean well i mean they have to book it um, Yeah. <laughs> i i just you know it's gonna i don't i don't think we're gonna be any kind of normal normal sea at least kind of midsummer next year still I, the news of the vaccine coming out um, and starting to be distributed like in the next week to two weeks um, is, is obviously positive for a lot of, a lot of people uh, that can start taking that and, and, uh, and then being, being safe, obviously it'll go to the doctors and it's going to go to the older people and, and stuff like that, that are in necessity. We're not going to see, you know, Jack Hermanson get a, get a, get a vaccine uh, before, before anybody over the age of probably, you know, 60, but, um, but you know, with that said, once that kind of gets settled in, then we can start having fans again. Um, and, and creative, I, I uh, you know, it, it's the drive-in thing again. Like, even if you're not doing a live drive-in fight, like just the idea of like having a big screen set up somewhere and having yeah. a bunch of people pull up in their cars and kind of tailgating, you know, you're supposed to keep it in your section. Like I didn't notice any kind of crazy crossover uh, this last weekend. They weren't selling alcohol there. So you kind of had to sneak in your own. Um, but uh, <laughs> I mean, they're not going to sell alcohol when people are sitting in their yeah. car watching, <laughs> you, yeah. know? you know, so, but, yeah, but even the idea of kind of like, yeah. yeah, but like a closed circuit giant screen, you know, charge 20 bucks a car. People can come in and watch the pay-per-view on a giant big screen. Just give people the, the feelings of getting out again. Um, you know, I, I know you work from home. I at least get to get out for work, but you know, just even for me to get out and go to an event and see other people smiling and laughing and having a good time, it really, it, you know, I had the BKFC thing, but this was a totally different thing. This was normal people, you know, <laughs> only people like me go to BKFC events. But this this was like this was the normal families and stuff with younger kids. Everybody and- will watch it, man. If it if BKFC was on some channel, somebody surfing, someone's gonna stop and watch it. That's oh, why. No. That's hey. why it's a thing. I'm telling you, man. That's yeah. uh, you know, that thing about uh, you know, uh, uh, I think it was Bruce Buffer that said it in uh, the Hurt Business documentary. If you go to a football game, baseball game, or any other sport, and a fight breaks out, 
everyone flocks towards the fight. So yeah, no, there's no doubt. And uh, you know, I guess I can say BKFC this event this for scheduled for this Friday is canceled and is moved to the 11th <laughs> in Mississippi. I still have not been alerted from BKFC or the arena that my tickets are no good. Um, luckily, I'm a lunatic and I do a lot of research constantly, so I was able to find out myself uh, because it's not hasn't been tweeted out by BKFC, hasn't been tweeted out by the uh, the arena in Wichita. I haven't received an email from anybody that uh, that the fight's not going on. So, uh, as somebody who spends a lot of time and money, what's the, what's the event number for that? That was supposed to be 15 which is still is 15. They moved it to Biloxi, Mississippi on the 11th. So I do have a little bit of an issue right now with BKFC. Obviously I'm going to support the events. I still pay for their app. Um, and I look forward to going to another event, but uh, amateur hour, and maybe it's not their fault. Maybe it's the arena, uh, but somebody needs to uh, allow people more than a three day notice when the event's been canceled for about two weeks now. Mm. So that's my little diatribe about that. Obviously uh, that's me being spoiled, getting ready to travel again, which probably wasn't the smartest idea. Uh, but when I booked it, these numbers weren't uh, we weren't spiking like we are now. So uh, probably best that it's canceled. Uh, but again, it would be nice to know, uh, because as I said, if I was a super casual fan just looking to get out of town, I'd be boarding a plane for tomorrow for an event that doesn't exist. So that would uh, that's not not a good thing. Not something as somebody who stands up for the fans and paying audience. I, I don't appreciate that. So we'll take that up later with those guys, hopefully. But um, again, uh Kind of wrapping up here. Uh, you got your interview with Bobby Nash, XFC, Walter Waite. Looking to fight again. Coming off a win on November 11th. Looks to fight again in February. Uh, we, haven't, we don't have a date for that event, but that's the target date I for think XFC. He said the 15th, like a day after Valentine's Day or something. But it's in the interview. He says it in the interview. Okay, perfect. So we're looking at mid-February. Um, up-and-coming fighter, former UFC fighter who had some uh, uh, downs there, but is looking to rebound and get back on track. And, um, you Definitely know, that- evolved after you'll see, I mean, you could actually see it. Uh, they, they put the event up on YouTube. So check out the official XFC YouTube channel. You can check out his first round TKO. He, uh, he's definitely not the man he used to be. No. And that whole event was actually super entertaining. So I'd yeah. recommend if you can get that XFC 43, right? 43, 44th February. Yeah. 44th February. So, yeah, XFC 43, if you can watch that on YouTube, if you didn't catch it live, uh, definitely worth the uh, you know hour and a half, two hours to catch the top uh, four or five fights. So, until then, fans can check us out at Combat Hour on Twitter, Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Instagram. Follow me, Matthew Hawkins, at MMA Hawk 21 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Ed at, at Carbazal on Twitter, at Carbeerzal on Instagram, Old Head Carb on Twitch. Uh, Ed, uh, you know, we don't got Tyson this weekend, but, uh, we got some fights and, uh, I'm sure we'll have plenty again to talk about next week. Yes, sir. Uh, UFC and, uh, I don't know if there's anything regionally going on, but I mean, it's coming, we're coming at the end of the year. So for the, the folks got to sweat off their turkey fat and all that. <laughs> exactly. So. And again, everybody can check us out always at allaccessmma.com, uh, for the video portion, the audio portion, uh, catch that, uh, through our Twitter links, uh, during the next couple hours tonight. Cool. Peace. All right. I'm speaking with Bobby Nash, uh, who just picked up a win at a XFC 43. Uh, Bobby, uh, thanks for uh, so much for taking the time to talk. Congratulations on the win. I see, uh, you know, I interviewed another fighter. It looks like you guys are all rocking the XFC swag. That's um, right, man. <laughs> we love it, dude. You love it. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, it, it looks like they're doing everything that, uh, like, from my point of view, as somebody that's been watching this sport for a while, it looks like they've taken all the best things from from what everyone what you're seeing as far as like tournaments and you know you have the young guns which is kind of like the contender series thing and you know what i mean and then the featured fights so i mean you're in the the welterweight tournament right yes i am in the welterweight tournament for xfc yeah so so uh you just picked up a win which means you advance uh are you going to be back on that february card so yeah as far as i know i'm supposed to be fighting february 15th i'm not quite sure where the location is yet but i'm in the semifinals. i uh won via tko knockout over uh spencer jab so now i'm in the semifinals, uh and i'm going to fight um ryan dixon i was actually looking for thanks for letting me know that because i was actually looking for the bracket to see who you're facing next i know they i know um because you were your fight was on the uh, it's on YouTube now, but yeah. uh, it was on the fight the uh, fight TV uh, preliminary portion. Yeah, it, it was a great event from start to finish. But um, so can you just because you've been fighting for like ten years already, you've got a ten and four record, yeah. Yeah. and uh, and um, so can you just talk about? I mean, I know you fought in uh, RFA, UFC, WXC. So I mean, how did you find yourself with uh, Extreme Fighting Championships? So, yeah, you know, I've had a pretty extensive career, you know, um, had 14 amateur fights, went 14 and 0, you know, I have a college wrestling background where, uh, I have a college wrestling background where I wrestled at, um, Michigan state. And then from there, uh, you know, fought in the UFC. And then I got a, uh, I got a call from, um, XSC. They were interested in me and, uh, they kind of gave me the rundown and they had these big dreams and goals with their promotion. I thought it was really cool. So I was like, you know what? I kind of wanted to um, run with it. And uh, yeah, what's good? sorry, my, my computer's acting up, dude. Oh my God. That's all right. I have <laughs> technical issues. I'm sorry. That's all right. Where did you go? Give me one second. Okay. I'm back. Sorry about that. But yeah, man, right. uh, I love, I love XFC. Dude. It's a, it's a really cool promotion. And, um, you know, they just, they gave me an opportunity to fight in their tournament and I was, and I really like the idea of a tournament and I really like, like how passionate they are with their promotion and like the future they see. So I was like, yeah, man, let's do it. I was, you know, so here I am now with them. Yeah. So, yeah. um, it, it's pretty amazing just because of, uh, like it's their first event on NBC Sports, but they they already had the event number forty three. So, being new to the channel, there's folks that are like, I mean, we're, what happened to the other forty two events? Right. But uh, it, it is, uh, I think, one thing that folks need to understand they they should go to the XFC website to check it because uh, this is like they're rebranding, like like they're not they're not trying to do what everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it's it seems like you and and the other fighters I spoke to are excited about that. I mean, yes. what did they tell you about the rebranding and, and, and like, was it the tournament that they specifically wanted you for? Well, man, I mean, dude, they have big goals, man. They want to be the number one promotion. They want to be the best. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of top tier promotions out there and they want to be right there with them. And I really believe they will be, man. They're paying their fighters off. Well, uh, they're, uh, doing a tournament style. They got live on NBC sports, which is huge, you know, and the thing is that this that was XFC 43, but 
they had a ton of uh, fights in Brazil, and the promotion mm-hmm. is very big in Brazil. And, uh, you know, they, they bring on good guys, you know. I mean, everyone in the 155-pound tournament is really tough. Everyone in the welterweight tournament is really tough. So they're just a, a promotion that is definitely on the rise, if not there right now. You know, I, I, I'm just excited to see within the next year, maybe two years, to see where this promotion is. And I'm just really excited, like happy to be a part of it. I think it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely an event that um, of I, I do a podcast and I, with uh, someone that calls himself a super fan, and even he was just like, I, uh, "What they're doing there was so fresh and new. Um, it's it's easy to be excited for what they're doing, especially yeah. with NBC Sports. Um, it's funny because the, the energy you have is very similar. I spoke with Kenny Cross, who's in the fifty five tournament, mm-hmm. and he, and even he was like. Like he's got the same energy where it's just like he actually said, and I'm quoting him. He said it's the most fun he's ever had in, in any fight that he's ever done. Do you share? Do you share that sentiment? Yeah, I mean, I was really impressed with how well they treated us. You know, we were at a really nice hotel. Um, we walk into a hotel, and I have this big blow up of me. You know, of me throwing an elbow. Kenny Cross has a big blow up of him. You know, they really highlight their fighters, which I thought was really cool. So every time anyone walks into the hotel, they're like, "Oh, cool, man! There's fights going on." You know, uh, they had us in downtown Atlanta. You know, uh, everything. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool. The production was really good, um, and you know, I'm. I was happy with it. I was actually, I was impressed. I was, I was a little iffy at first, you know, I'm like, oh man, they want me to go in this tournament and sign this long contract. Oh, it's kind of sketchy. You know, I'm going to be kind of with this promotion long time. And I kind of talked to him. I'm like, Hey, you know, I'd really like to date you guys before I marry into this promotion, you know, but they were like, oh, you know, they kind of like, Hey, live on NBC sports, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know, whatever, I'll give it a shot. And, you know, like I said, man, uh, fight night, everything leading up to it, I was actually really impressed and um, definitely excited to see where the tournament comes out, where the promotion ends up ends up going. So, uh, you know, like even the after party, man, they had a bunch of beer, a bunch of food, a bunch of people all together. I was like, this is pretty cool, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it sounds like it. The, um, I know you said you're, you're fighting Ryan Dixon next. Um, when I spoke with Cross about about, he said he uh, he was in a lot of the same shared space with guys that he knows he's probably going to wind up be fighting. Was that the same case with you and, and Dixon? And and did you have any interactions with him? I had a little bit of an actual interactions with him, and you know, it didn't bother me at all. I don't I don't care if he's there. You know, uh, I think he's a pretty cool dude, man. He's Canadian. All Canadians are pretty nice guys, you know. So uh, he was a pretty good, cool dude. You know, like even on. Even fight week when I see him, I'll be like, hey, what's up, Matt Ryan? How's it going? You know, I just, there's no animosity towards him. I don't like to really give off – how do I put it? I don't like to um, waste my energy on that. You know, there's there's so much energy that you can expel three four days out seeing someone and getting all worked up. Save that for the fight, man. You know, save that for the fight. So, yeah. I thought I think it's kind of cool. I, you know, it's kind it's different. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, do you think that uh, the choice to, to, like you said, you didn't want to marry marry into them, you know, without without seeing a little more first? But I mean, did uh, what's going on with the whole COVID situation kind of help motivate you? Like, let me get something going. When I mean, you look at, because if you look at the uh, NBC Sports and 
the PFL used to be there and they didn't do anything this year and, you, and a lot of their fighters are unhappy. You're in a situation where where you're on a network that wants MMA and you know they're they're getting you you, you just had your fight now and you know you're going to have one in February, you know, hopefully if everything goes well. So uh, did that help with the decision and uh, moving forward with them? Well, you know, I can definitely say it did because I was so eager to fight with COVID. You know, there's no fights going on. And, you know, I just was, I actually had a fight for CFFC and I was the main event and I was training for that when eight weeks, you know, and uh, I was a pound over, I was cutting weight. I was in my sweats, sweating, dripping sweat. I get a phone call. I'm one pound over. And I said, Hey, uh, you're not fighting. I'm like, well, what the hell? What do you mean? I'm not fighting. They're like your opponent had COVID. Wow. So that was that was a bummer, you know. I've it's already been a year since I fought, so now I'm like, okay, well that fight fell through, and then I, a couple months went by and nothing, and you know, uh, you know, then I got this opportunity. Like I said, I was worried. I was like, hey man, I, I don't know if I want to marry into this promotion yet. However, I was like, dude, I really want to fight. You know, uh, when's the next time I'm going to fight? You know, and uh, there's still a lot of the a lot of the tournament left, but as so far, you know, I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with Byron, who's the president. And, you know, like I said, it's tough for these people, for people to get fights right now. And, you know, XFC gave me the opportunity to fight, gave me a platform. And uh, so far they're doing well. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't get any ratings numbers or anything like that, but from what I saw, like I said, I was talking about it for the next three days after I, I was super impressed with it. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, and I know we talked about your, your record and how long you've been fighting, um, given with all the new things XFC is trying, uh, what's changed for you in the sport overall that you've noticed that you've kind of had to adapt to? Oh, man, just having fun with the sport now, going there and having fun. And I used to have so much energy like at the weigh-ins and, and the pre-fight, like three, four days out, everything. I was just like – all hyped up now i'm just like relaxed and just be like hey man i've been there because you just burn so much energy that you're just exhausted come fight day so i really i just grew up as a fighter i matured uh mentally and physically uh and you know and definitely skill wise i'm just a completely different fighter than i was two two three years ago just completely different you know, especially mentally, you know, when I was in the UFC, I was 26, man, two years into my pro career. I was, you know, I, I went to the UFC two years into my pro career, man. You know, I was, I was a rookie. Here I am 30 now, and I'm just like getting in my physical and mental prime. So yeah, just basically, uh, just my mentality is much different. And I'm just going into these fights, enjoying myself and having fun. So that's the big take I've I've had in these past few years. I, I, I feel like that's something that uh, helps a lot of fighters. When you look at, I mean, uh, if we, if you're looking at like uh, it just what you just said reminded me of something Paul Felder just said when he just fought recently. I mean, he lost that fight, but his his attitude and energy couldn't have been better. And, and it's it seems like it's because he just stepped away and and he actually said the same thing you just said about I'm having fun with it again. And, um, I mean, you look like you had fun uh, at XFC 43. I mean, if you get a knockout, you're always having fun, dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, man, you know, and I remember Kenny Cross, you know, we're, we're uh, you know, training partners. We go to the same gym. And I was walking out with him, and I was like, Kenny. I was like, dude, 
we aren't going to be able to do this much longer, man. This isn't something we do for the rest of our life. Enjoy this shit, man. This is cool as hell. And I kind of even see it kind of perk them up. And it and my brother Randy always tells me, he's like, hey, Bobby, enjoy this. You know, have fun. You, you don't get to do this forever. And I really try to, like, remind myself of that because when you're in that back room and you're on deck, dude, you get, you get nervous, man. You're like, oh, man, I'm about to fight. Oh, you get really nervous when you kind of just be like, hey, man, I'm not going to be able to do this forever. Enjoy this. Enjoy those jitters. Enjoy that nervous energy because guess what? You, you're not going to – four, five, six years from now, you're, you ain't going to have that and you're going to wish you did. So that's the big thing is just having fun, man, having fun and just performing. No matter what, when you just go out there and perform. And, then, and I believe if I go out there and I just perform, you know, I, I think I'm going to do really well. I know I'll do well. So, yeah. Yeah, well, that first uh, indication for sure. For sure, I gotta tell you what. I mean, you even got me a little excited just with that speech you just gave. Um, the uh, uh, what was I gonna ask you? Uh, I got my question. That's why I keep looking away. Um, uh, I didn't know that you and Cross were were training partners, so that that makes a lot of sense. Our our because um, I I did notice you were from the same area. So, are there a few guys from your gym there, or? Well, there's um, me and Cross uh, are training partners, and we're both in the XFC. But I mean, we have a ton of guys that train out there. Like, you know, a big somebody you might know is like Darren Crookshank. He's you know a superstar. Uh, you know, he's one of my big sparring partners, which has been huge for my striking. You know, Jason Fisher, who's a BJJ black belt. You know, just a number of other guys. But yeah, it's really cool. You know, sharing this experience with a guy in the 155 pound tournament as you know, and here I am in a welterweight tournament and, you know, obviously our goal is both to win the tournament and it'd be really cool if we both won the tournament and we were in the same gym. That's just, that'd be huge. Yeah. But definitely put the gym on the map. That's for sure. Like, uh, um, so, uh, uh, when I was looking at your, uh, your fight history and stuff, people have you touted as, uh, no one got to really see it with the last fight, but they said that your, your base is wrestling. Even yeah. though, uh, even though uh, you got the TKO in, so um, is is that still hold true? Do you feel like you've evolved as an as a well rounded mixed martial artist? Well, I'm definitely a well rounded mixed martial artist. I mean, I can strike, I can grapple, you know, uh, I can do it all. That being said, I mean, I started as a wrestler. I didn't take my first fight until I was like 21. And uh, I mean, when I when I was an amateur, all I did when I was four, I got fourteen and zero as an amateur. And all I did was wrestle. I might throw a wide overhand right, you know, but um, I started dialing in my striking a little bit, and I realized, oh shit, I got a lot of power in these hands, you know. And uh, it doesn't take as much cardio, you know, throwing punches or just wrestling, you know. So I kind of started, and I was knocking people out, so I really started falling in love with it. Um, however. I got a little immature with it though, because I was, you know, in the regional scene, I was knocking people out and, you know, I knew just enough hmm. to get knocked out. You know what I'm saying? Like I knew just enough. So I would go into the UFC against these high level guys who are strikers who I probably should have been wrestling. And, uh, you know, I kind of let maybe, I don't know if maybe my ego or if maybe I, you know, just, I was immature and I would go out there and strike with these guys and I wasn't quite at their level. Then I got to Michigan Top Team. Once I got to Michigan Top Team, I got with Kara uh, Rowe, who's uh, my boxing coach, and she has done so much with my hands and my confidence, my speed, my defensive responsibility. And, uh, I mean, 
I still see myself as that wrestler because I come from that wrestling base, but I love throwing these hands, dude. I absolutely love throwing them. I know they have power and I'm just, I'm evolving so much with my striking, you know, and I really like the boxing aspect of striking. So, uh, you know, definitely well-rounded. I know it all. I can do it all, but man, I really like that. I really like to throw hands, man. It's my, it's what I really like to do. That being said, I will wrestle if I have to. <laughs> I mean, I guess we 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 kind of got that from the last fight that you like throwing hands, but um, the uh the one thing I I mean when you're talking about your your past, I mean the one thing I've noticed that um I mean as as a someone that trains as a hobbyist, any wrestler that anyone that comes from wrestling that has a strong wrestling background, it's almost like there's this natural explosive power in your hands because of all the explosive movements you did wrestling yeah. all those years. Is that true? Dude? Did you find that to be true? Well, yeah, I mean, in wrestling, you're doing, when you hit a double leg, you're exploding. When you hit a single leg, you're exploding. All our movements are go, 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 go. So when we throw those hands, it's for, you know, it's, it's, it's explosive, you know. it's uh, It just translates well. An explosive movement, mm -hmm. you know, in wrestling, we take that explosive movement in wrestling, and we translate it to our striking, and we have these explosive combinations. And, you know, I think it just gives you a lot of knockout power because you see a lot of wrestlers who aren't necessarily you can't really say they're like these great strikers but they have like these they just have just a lot of power in their hands you know uh, yeah. justin gaethje's a wrestler but yeah you know he's got some powerful hands yeah no i mean it's definitely a, a trend that i feel like goes unnoticed but um so i mean tentatively i guess february 15th is xfc 44 um, I don't, I don't know if they've. I've been following them, and I, and I don't know if they they said anything. But obviously, with everything going on right now, and, the, and with the COVID, I mean, I, I, I assume everything is up in the air. But um, hopefully, I mean, well, we know it's going to be February. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I hope they get you on the NBC portion. If not, then Fight TV is where it'll be. <laughs> I, I talked to, I talked to Myron, the president, and he says, he says, man. I it's like I messed up, dude. He's like, you're a uh, you're a main card fighter. I'm like, damn straight. I'm like, come on, get me on the main card. So that being said, I will be on the main card, NBC Sports. Nice February card. Fantastic. Um, thanks again so much for the time, uh, Bobby. If if you don't mind, just uh, feel free to shout out your sponsors, your gym, and anyone else you want to give a, a shout out to. Uh, shout out to my family. Shout out to XFC. Shout out to uh, Gins Remodeling. Um, shout out to. Uh, yeah, man, just uh, Michigan top team and all my coaches. And thank you for having me on today. No problem. Thank you for making the time on, on a Friday night. I appreciate it. Oh, uh, stay warm, stay safe, and we'll see you in uh, February. Sounds good, man. See you Take later. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions. And in some the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening. And if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.